1: Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast, Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom back at it, talking some Michigan basketball, some Michigan football, we'll do a little NFL draft cleanup after uh, five guys picked another six uh, undrafted free agents, so taking their shot at the next level, uh, but we'll start on the basketball side of things with uh, you know some roster movement over the last week, really, since we recorded. You have Michigan, as we talked about last week, bringing in Princeton guard Jalen Llewellyn. Uh, He was on his visit when we recorded a week ago and was looking like it was trending in that direction. They closed the deal there, so he commits, uh, and he will be a grad transfer guard for the Wolverines. One day later, Frankie Collins, uh, who is going to be a sophomore point guard, transfers out of the program, and that's basically your your one-for-one transfer portal. Uh, Collins now uh, committed to Arizona State. But um, yeah, that that whole thing. Very interesting. Uh, Llewellyn is coming in. That was some competition for Frankie Collins. And it looks like he wanted to find some greener pastures elsewhere. That's exactly what
0: happened. And uh, to be honest with you and speaking to some people close to the program, I think they're okay with the trade to be honest. Uh, it's like, uh, and, and, you know, everybody was panicking and, and saying, wow, you know, how do we lose Frankie Collins? And and my rebuttal to that was if you were looking through the portal and you were looking at guards and you were looking at numbers and forget the names, if you saw a guy in there with Frankie's numbers shooting 16% from three and 44% from the free throw line as a point guard, you'd say no way. Right. Wouldn't that be your first, uh, impact, or your first reaction would be to say, yeah, why would you want a guy like that? Now, granted, he does some other things. He can get to the rim. Uh, he could be a great defender. But you need, you need guys around Hunter Dickinson that are going to spread the floor a little bit. And I think Llewellyn is that guy. Uh, you, they are bringing him in to be a point guard and speaking with people close to it. So it'll be him, Doug McDaniel. We'll see how the rest of the roster pans out. But if Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston both come back, and I think that's a big yeah. If I think Diabate, in my opinion, would probably be leaning towards staying in the draft, then I think your roster's set. Otherwise, you go and say, okay, do we go and get a, a Pete Nance? He's, he's not coming. Uh, you know, I think you all go out at that point and get another guard slash wing. Terrence Shannon would have been perfect in that role, frankly, but uh, that didn't happen. He's going to Illinois. So that's where we stand today and be very interesting to see how that roster comes together. But the biggest. The biggest piece of the puzzle, guys, is Hunter Dickinson. You build around him, uh, get some guys that can shoot, and then you're going to be you're going to have a pretty darn good basketball team.
2: Yeah, with so much focus now on, given that it is, I mean, these are Hunter Dickinson words, uh, transfer portal and NIL has kind of made this the wild, wild west, and everything is kind of year to year and and sort of free agency like now. So, with Hunter Dickinson coming back, you look at the one for one trade off of okay, one year of Jalen and um, measured up against what you could have gotten uh, potentially out of Frankie Collins. I think you take that trade. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people say, was it really worth it? It's worth it. If you get, you make another tournament run next year with Hunter Dickinson at the helm and, and all these other guys around him. So again, uh, my understanding and speaking to a couple of people on it is that Frankie Collins wanted to go to the NBA or wants to go to the NBA after next season. Obviously, there was going to be some competition at Michigan for him to even start. Some guys stay and embrace that; other guys head for greener pastures. And you know, you wish him the best at uh, at Arizona State, but I don't think Michigan is losing out in this deal. Uh, you know, when you bring in six guys, I think that was a six man recruiting class last year. Some chances are the way things are now, not all of those guys are going to stay, and competition is going to either. Sharpen your roster or chase guys away. So it went the other way for Frankie Collins. I think that, uh, you know, I I still think the bones of a good basketball player are there. But um, like a lot of these freshmen this past year, this freshman class just weren't quite ready yet for the big time. And I think that some of the early season frustrations with the basketball team were because that freshman class just didn't quite have it, didn't quite have it, you know, whether it was in their chest or, or how they performed on the court. Um, so you move on, and, and you wish everyone the best. But I think this worked out for Michigan. And um, the interesting thing about it is that these two teams, Michigan and Arizona State, that is, they could play in Brooklyn this year uh, in that Legends Classic if the schedule breaks the right way. Also, VCU, who has Zeb Jackson and Brandon Johns, also in that um, that preseason tournament or that non-conference tournament field. So a lot of juice here. Like I said, um, you know, Michigan. Is not always one hundred percent involved in the the free agency that is the transfer portal, but this one, I think uh, you know we talk about the guys that fit Jalen Newwellns is is almost a a forty point per forty uh, percent three point shooter. Uh, I think that you know, I thought there was a chance that him and frankly Frankie could coexist alongside each other. Llewellyn kind of sliding over to that Eli Brooks role, but he's your point guard now. And I think when you look at how Michigan's had success there, with Mike Smith, with Devontae Jones. Uh, This is another addition where this guy probably isn't going to be the guy that leads your team, but he's going to be a pretty good piece, uh, supplementary piece to what you already have on the roster. So uh, Llewellyn's a good add for them, and I think, again, when you go back to the one-for-one swap, I think this is a good one for Michigan.
0: And, Clay, what are those three words that Juwan always uses when he's comprising a roster?
1: How would you know that was the next thing I was going to say? Four competitors only. Uh, exactly. you know me too well and, and you're right I mean if you're not willing like Jawan Howard has to do and his staff has to do what's best for the program and they had a spot open you know potentially there um, you know where they can make things work with the numbers you see a guard that has interest in you you have interest in him you go and get him you add him to what is going to be a thin backcourt which is also what I was going to get to next it's still very thin because we were talking about Uh, a month ago how Michigan should add a guard here you know maybe somebody again Terrence Shannon I hate to bring him up again but would have been a great fit because he has positional flexibility there and all that but um you're still thin there and you know Michigan had to do what was best for them now they do that Frankie Collins does what he thinks is best for him it also by the way is a trend for him going to uh you know he played at what three different high schools now he'll play at his second college in two years so it is what it is on that standpoint but um level of concern for you guys in terms of the backcourt, because now you have Doug McDaniel, who by the way, isn't coming here to, to sit necessarily. Now it's very, very hard to make an impact at Michigan or in the big 10. There were only two freshman point guards that started in the big 10 last year. Um, you know, one that had decent success in Chucky Hepburn at Wisconsin. Uh, then you have, uh, you look at Michigan's kind of lineage there. Derek Walton was really the last one to do it. And he was on a loaded team and, played off the ball quite a bit and had a great role and shot well so uh you know it can be done in certain circumstances but Doug McDaniels coming in you have Jalen Llewellyn Kobe Bufkins your other really true guard on this team you have Jet Howard could play some there um Jace Howard is listed as a guard although he's basically just a big man at this point so you look at the roster it might be a little deceiving there but uh you know, I guess your guys' thoughts on the concern level there, because it is thin. And I think, you know, they could still use somebody else if they could have the if they have the number. They could.
0: If, if Musa Diabate were to leave, then I think it's up to them to go out and get another guard. And I think that's probably what they do. And then you're going to see Caleb Houston playing some at the four, which I think might be a pr- really, really good move for him. And in talking to people close to the program recently, they said, you know what? What if he were like an Isaiah Livers type? Now, he doesn't have that athleticism, but what if he could be out there shooting and lighting it up and uh, if he can guard some fours and play some four, then, boy, what a what a great thing it would be for both us and for him. So, But I do think he would need to bring in another guard. I, it was interesting, too, uh, that they view Jet Howard as a 2-3. Now, a lot of people would think 3-4. Could he play some four? Maybe, but... They think he can play some with the ball in his hands. And we saw at the Iverson Classic that he did some things off the dribble. Uh, do I think he's a two? No. Uh, you know, there were times that he was saying, hey, I'd like to be, you know, a six-seven point guard early on in his career. And that's not going to happen. But if he can develop that, you know, the way Tim Hardaway did throughout his career, he was not strong with the ball when we saw him at the Michigan camp and he got better in that area. So uh, that is a possibility and he's going to play, let's be honest. Uh, he's going to see some significant playing times. So, um, but I agree with you and it would have been ideal if they'd been able to get Shannon in here along with Llewellyn, you know, and if they had to move Jace Howard to the, uh, to walk on status or whatever, uh, you know, for a year, then so be it. If Musa Diabate were to stay, which I don't think he will guys. I think he's going to, I don't know. It depends kind of, I guess what, if, you know, if he lays an egg at the NBA combine, then I don't think that he's going to then, – then I think you know it might force his hand into coming back, but it only takes one team. We saw with Jordan Poole and Golden State going in the first round, and there are a couple of teams and speaking with people – close to it that are interested in him and you know midway through the year last year fellas they were talking about you know Musa wants to be a one and done no matter what so do I think he's an NBA player now no they don't draft on the on the immediate here and now though anymore it's about potential do I think he has the potential down the road to be an NBA player yeah maybe but uh, I think he's a long way from that but it doesn't really matter what we think it's what he thinks and what he what he wants.
2: Yeah, it would be you know him Musa staying in the draft. I mean, it all comes down to what the what the kid wants to do. I say kid, these are young men, so I shouldn't say that, but um yeah, I I don't again, we've talked about this a million times. To me right now, he's more of a tantalizing athlete than he is a you know, this diamond in the rough basketball prospect. Like you have to there are so much improvement that needs to take place. And I guess if someone's willing to take him high enough, then you have your answer. Um, you know, the NBA is, is pretty patient with those young guys, especially if you have the type of athleticism that he does. But when you look at this roster, I'm with you. I mean, if Caleb Houston can come back and put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle, I think all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who I think can hold up a little bit, uh, probably a little bit better on the four. I don't know if I necessarily want him, you know, defending out on the wing, uh, as much. I, I do. I do like, the potential that he could bring if he just puts a little more muscle on it and slides down to the four, but yeah, Terrence, losing out on Terrence Shannon obviously was hurtful, and there were a ton of reasons for that. Um, you know, if there's a spot, I think guard is probably the next place you go. You're now you're banking on Kobe Bufkin taking the jump and Doug McDaniel being ready to play. Um, you know, some more some more minutes as well. So, and then you know, let's 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 call a spade to spade. I mean, there was there's an adjustment coming from the Ivy League up to the Big Ten. We've seen that already before with, you know, guys like Mike Smith and even, uh, you know, it wasn't the Ivy League, it was the Sun Belt, but Devontae Jones took almost half a season to get going. So a lot of the improvement, you know, we talk about the additions from the outside with the recruiting class and with Llewellyn. This team early on is going to be defined by what it gets from the guys that are already there. So you look for a Terrence Williams to, you know, step up and play better. He's going to be a junior. It's not – I think for him, it's not just come off the bench and be a spark plug. Now you're a junior. You need to be one of the the bigger parts of this basketball team. Um, so from there, the uh, roster is, is a little less in flux. We'll see where these NBA, uh, what the NBA decisions wind up looking like. Chris, I'm with you. I think it's probably you go one for two there, and you're looking at getting Houston back.
1: I agree. There are only a few guys that got an invite to the NBA draft combine last year and decided to come back to school. Uh, Musa Diabate is a kid I think he's going to intrigue a lot of people because he can play the five switch on to anybody maybe in time in the NBA at least at least at times um, and, and that'll be kind of how it goes and, and Anthony you make a great point with some of these guys that are going to have to make the jump Terrence Williams into you know upperclassman status you've got to be more of a player you got to be more complete Kobe Bufkin into second year and there's a lot riding on what Kobe Bufkin does this offseason. For this Michigan team and Chris I thought you put it perfectly or you might have been quoting a source in inside the fort today which by the way go check that out one dollar for a year at the wolverine.com but where the second year jump is a real thing it absolutely is when you look throughout Michigan basketball too this has been such a good program at develop uh, developing guys especially with the strength and conditioning program run by John Sanderson and um you know, so I think Kobe Bufkin, that's going to be huge. And I think he can be a different player next year. You know, a lot of times you see in college basketball, the guys, what he is as a freshman, but then you see him, what, six months later, seven, eight months later, and it's just a different guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a different guy, but I think he can make a big jump. Will Cheddar, Isaiah Barnes, also, they have to emerge and be capable of being, at least in the rotation, if they're called upon.
0: Yeah, let me say this about Kobe. Uh, the, the source also said that, you know, there, there's one thing to be in the gym and it's one thing to work hard in the gym. And Frankie Collins was in the gym a lot. You know, there were times, you know, fair or not. And, and you know, part of its hindsight, you know, they were saying, you know, boy, he didn't break a sweat. You know, he was in there for a long time. But you know what? Were you That's working like out me. Yeah, well, <laughs> is that what you do? You just go out there in rain threes and uh, not working on the crossover. Basically, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all of us. Yeah. So uh but yeah, and, and I think Kobe Buffkin, when he's in there, he's in there with a purpose. And the one thing he's got, guys, is something that I noticed from Lester Abram, and this is before your time in his first year, was I a no fear. Okay, no fear, and B, a willingness to attack. And, you know, even if you aren't playing a lot, you still have the confidence to, to attack and, and you feel like you belong out there. And what I noted yesterday was, in talking to somebody, was when he, at the end of that Ohio State game, you know, his biggest bucket of the year was that triple. He wanted it. He wanted the ball. He wanted to score. And you saw him attack the rim quite a bit. So he's got that quality, that no fear quality. Now he just needs to be better at, just about everything else, frankly, including defense. He was lost last year at times, and that's why he didn't play as much. And people were asking, why isn't Kobe Buffkin playing? Well, in speaking to somebody on the team, they said 98 times out of 100, Eli Brooks is out there doing the right thing or in the right spot. And Kobe Buffkin, maybe 50%. So you can't throw away five possessions in a really good game, a really tight game where, okay, if we can play – Eli Brooks, 40 minutes, we're going to play Eli Brooks, 40 minutes and guys, they're going to miss him. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I don't think people really understand how valuable he was to that team. So, however, he will get better with more experience and that's what he's going to get this year, guys. Now, uh, by default, frankly, uh, I'm glad he stuck around. There were rumblings that he was thinking about moving on. Uh, It turns out to be Frankie Collins who a lot of people didn't see coming, but should have probably in hindsight, including us, when you're you know five schools and five years or whatever it is, then you know what? Uh, shame on us for not for not not predict not predicting it, but uh, for not realizing that it was a real possibility.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I want hes- like I w- want to hesitate to go too far into kind of kicking a guy out the door, but. There is something to that, right? Like when, when, when you see reports and it, it's beyond the people that you've talked to, I saw it on, on a couple other sites and outlets where um, even them, Michigan, just being on a graphic for Sam Sessoms that they're fielding phone calls from, you know, the Collins family about what the hell's going on. Michigan was never recruiting Sessoms. Um, right. Probably recruiting him a little more than they were Amani Bates, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. I mean, at, at some point, you just, the guys, that, what's the old, you know, Chris, you always call me an old soul. What's the line from Hoosiers? My team is on the floor. The guys that are here past this May 1st deadline, that's that's who's there. And, you know, pending a surprise or, you know, both of those guys, um, Diabata and Houston staying in the draft, um, you know, the culture of of staying competitive and competing for your spot, the guys that are willing to do that are still there. And I'll be honest, I mean, a lot of times early on, and I think Clayton, you and I talked about this early on in the basketball season. It didn't really seem like, I don't want to say the team didn't like each other, but when you would look at Hunter Dickinson and like in a game at North Carolina, you could tell that guy was just so frustrated by how um, I don't want to say not ready, but just how underprepared is not the right word either. But that freshman class just wasn't where it needed to be. And some of them had to play bigger roles um, then maybe anticipated early on and, you know, to loop it back into what we talked about to start the show with Hunter Dickinson back, this could be his last year at Michigan. Maybe it's not, maybe NIL keeps rolling in and he's there for two more years, but if one to two years here is your window to keep attacking and, and getting after what they hope to be. Phil Martelli said this about Juwan Howard a few times being the last team standing on mon- on a Monday night in April, the, the best players, um, you need the best players on the floor, and Jalen Newellan is a, a not a hot take, better basketball player than Frankie Collins. Um, Caleb Houston, if he comes back, to me has a higher ceiling than you know starting Terrence Williams at the four would be, or you know throwing Jet Howard. I mean, I think Jet Howard's very good, but I think if Caleb can take the strides that and be the player that they thought he was when he was coming in, all of a sudden that's another guy. So, like I said, I think it all. It's been kind of crazy, uh, especially on the message board in, you know, with all the stuff in the inside the forts. But I think that we finally, the dust is settled and, and we'll see who comes back. But I think the bones and the foundation for a really, really good basketball team are here. Not just to make tournaments see what happens, but a top four team in the conference and a team that cannot just get to the second weekend of the tournament, but make noise when they get there.
1: Definitely. And there's a lot riding on Caleb Houston, what he does if he comes back too, how much better he is. Uh, Let's talk real quick before we end with a quick take on the NFL draft, Uh, just with the football side of things, with the portal. You know, things have been kind of quiet, but we get the questions, you know, on a daily basis. Is Michigan done in the portal? There's still a lot of guys in there. Um, They could use probably some help at different positions. You always can, uh, especially if you can get a guy in and if he's capable. Uh, Chris, anything on that front that you want to add?
0: Yeah, there's one uh, – they're, they're still looking for another defensive lineman, and it's very interesting to me because there are a couple guys that are uh, certainly worth pursuing. And uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll have that more on that tomorrow and Inside the Fort. But uh, I, here's the thing, guys. I really like – going into last year, that you, when you looked at the depth, you're like, oh, my God, uh, they better not get hurt. Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton, they better stay healthy. And a couple guys emerged. Mike Morris emerged and could play all over the line. Chris Jenkins emerged. Those guys are better. Chris Jenkins made a huge leap this spring to the point that they said he's going to be better than Chris Hinton was. He's got a better work ethic. And they think right from the get-go that they're going to upgrade there. Now he's not doesn't have the same length, but I think he can be a better pass rusher. And the guy has it when it comes to the want to. And I think that's going to be huge. Then you go out and get Cam Good uh, from UCF, who I think can be a guy that uh, an interior pass rush, fellas, I think it can help them uh, in situations. Do I think he's going to be an every down player? No, I think he's probably about six feet tall, uh, you know, and he kind of reminds you of Rob Renus in there. But he's got the get off of a Maurice Hurst, maybe not to that level, but that's the kind of player he is. So I think he's going to help. So it was interesting to me, especially uh, when it comes to pass rush and and how. Uh, you know I want to see who it is uh, and we will talk about this again tomorrow but I think it's going to be somebody with uh, who can rush the passer uh, and somebody with great upside and uh, so stay stay tuned on that one
1: yeah and the more and more I start to think about the Chris Hinton decision after how big of a spring that Chris Jenkins had um not so sure he would have you know gotten the same amount of snaps as he did last year we will never know obviously but I like what Chris Jenkins now Chris Hinton does have size that you just can't teach at what 310, 315 that Chris Jenkins will probably never get there. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm excited about chris jenkins coming into the next year I,
0: I think hinton had another gear that he never reached here guys and that's disappointing and then to leave after three years you know boy if he would have gone all in and really you know that's anyway talking to the people that we close to it uh, and not ripping on the kid but you know sometimes like a gabe watson uh, again probably before your time another gear here that you could reach and uh, that he just never reached and it's unfortunate
1: well, let's yeah. talk. oh go ahead AB.
2: no i was it's we can save it for another pod, put a pin in it. So, yeah. All right.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll start with you with the NFL draft real quick. Who has the best fit out of the guys on, you know, that were drafted. I'm going to just say, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is an obvious one, but another obvious one is Ojabo going to play for Mike McDonald, John Harbaugh, I guess, uh, you know, what do you guys like about where these guys ended up?
2: That's the one, right? Like it's David Ojabo and the Baltimore Ravens. Like that, Boom, end conversation. Uh no. Uh that works. I think that Daxton Hill, I think, is gonna play right away. I mean, he's gonna play a big role on Cincinnati right away. Um, even if just in those three safety looks, you can you know what you can do with that guy. He's gonna play in the nickel, he'll play um, he can play some boundary corner, he'll play deep safety. They're gonna ask him to do a lot. Aiden Hutchinson, Chris, you you wrote it into existence. I was a little worried there before draft night, but Aiden Hutchinson's a lion. It was the literally um, take, taking, uh, <laughs> taking objectivity out of it, literally the quickest Jersey purchase of my life. I have to wait a little <laughs> bit for that one to come in, but, um, that guy is a, a foundation foundational piece, tone setter, everything that he did at Michigan. I think he will bring to the NFL. Um, other than that, I mean, how about, how about Hassan Haskins backing up Derrick Henry in Tennessee? I mean, that is another talk about a, a culture fit and a, a backfield fit. Okay, Derrick Henry comes off the field. Uh, whew, fi- finally, we can take a deep breath. Then you have this freight train that's coming right after you. Who? He's not Derrick Henry, but man, he he runs so hard. And and those guys hit a little bit harder at the next level, but I think Hassan will be just fine there. So those are the ones that stuck out. Um, again, Andrew Stewart of the Patriots, Michigan guy, Patriots should, should just always kind of pencil one of those guys in. So the one thing I'll say is that, all of these guys that got drafted, there were five of them. Um, to Michigan, to the Michigan players' credit, and it's not like they don't have any control over this, but I feel like those guys over the last couple of years have all gone to places where I think teams can use them and, and they'll be pretty successful there. And a lot of them have gone to winning teams too. So that's that's pretty cool to see.
0: I love the haskins Vrabel thing. I, I really do. I think those guys are kind of M-F-E-O. You know, made for each other. So uh, it's terrible, but it's, <laughs> but it's, I think that's a, is is that an acronym. is Isn't that, that an, an acronym from like 1990 something or whatever yeah. before, before acronyms even started? Anyway, terrible. But uh, I love that. I love that fit. And I love Hassan Haskins in the pros for a while because of what he brings to special teams. We've talked about that as well, put in his special teams tape. And it's football porn, right? It's amazing what uh, watching him on a on a football field. So, and again, great eye for talent. Jay Harbaugh, I think, was the one that really discovered him. And uh, that's what gives you hope, guys. Even in this day and age of the portal and pay for play, you know, maybe you get some of these guys. And you know, Michigan doesn't want to be pay for play university fellows. And you know, they'll take some of their portal guys on the back end, and their guys are going to get paid. Like we wrote. Uh, there have been millions of dollars, fellas, committed to the cause here. Okay, by uh, by a handful or two of boosters, the collective needs to be better. It needs to be bigger. But I t- spoke to somebody yesterday, uh, close to the basketball side, who said at the end of the day, he thinks you know when Michigan finally gets it together, uh, that the NIL thing will work in their favor in a big way. That they'll be one of the best. Uh, unfortunately, they're off to a slow start and weren't prepared, in my opinion, for it enough from the get go and of course part of that is not really understanding what it is or what it's going to become until you get into it like we have now and like you said uh, it's the wild wild west but uh, they they're confident and these are people that are really mired in it and fighting those battles every day so that gives me a little bit more hope
1: no doubt and back to stuber real quick kid from connecticut going to new england joining five other michigan players on that team it is crazy how those fits turned out and then you're right on the Mike Vrabel uh, thing. And actually our friend Palmer Thoms from Dogs HQ, the Georgia uh, on three side is a Titans fan. He texted me on draft day. He was like, you know, what do you think of Haskins? You know, whatever. Like I didn't see him that much in the orange bowl. You know, he got hurt. And I was like, I sent him the special teams clip that Jay Harbaugh tweeted. And I, you know, sent like a paragraph on, on what I think. And he was like, oh, okay. Like I like the pick. So I think Tennessee's going to have some fun there. They had the second most rushing attempts in the NFL last year. So a good fit for him. And – uh, people talk about this derrick henry is huge and you know tough to bring down and everything but in short yardage he's actually not that good he goes down pretty easily He kind of runs high um, if you look at his like short yardage numbers not as good as you would think Hassan Haskins maybe doesn't have that speed that derrick henry has but he can get you the extra yard so it'll be interesting to see how they use him but uh, good to see those guys go the dreams come true On NFL Draft Day and several others. It'll take their shot with uh, undrafted free agent deals, but fun to track as always. uh, We'll be back next week with more talk. I'm sure something crazy will happen. You never know what you're going to get. So stick with us at thewolverine.com. Inside the Fort out today, Inside the Fort part two out tomorrow. So it's just $1 for an entire year. So go and do that. Uh, Join us right now and we'll see everyone next time.